the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. And you're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder with me, Shane Beatty, standing in for Ivan Yates. Now, every Friday on the show at this time, of course, we take a look back at the stories that really got us talking over the past seven days. And joining me for this edition of The Final Furlong in studio this evening are the comedian Jim Elliott, Neave Horan, journalist with The Independent, and John Kelleher, producer and former director of film classification and, of course, The Hard Shoulder's very own movie reviewer. Hello to you all. You're welcome. Gorgeous weather out there in Dublin for this evening. Any plans mm-hmm. for the weekend? Jim, are you are kidding you me? This is this is my favourite weekend of the Irish comedy calendar. This is the Vodafone Comedy Festival this weekend in the Ivy Garden. It's going on all weekend long. Uh, if you've never heard of this, it's fantastic. Like, obviously, the the big names in Irish comedy are going to be there. You get your Tommy Tiernan, David O'Doherty, Neil Delamere. They're all around, and, and that's great. Dylan Moran's playing a show tomorrow night. Um, but my favorite part about it is that they get a lot of American talent that I don't get a chance to see. I still love stand-up comedy, but I don't get home all that often. So, like tonight, okay, so you, there's a show tonight at 7.30. Tommy's here in his headlining, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to bet that one's maybe sold out. But if you check, you can you can book that ahead. But also on the show are Jim Gaffigan and Michelle Wolf, who you might remember from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Like, she's hilarious, and I'm so happy she's here. We're sold. We're definitely sold. Neve Horn, you're very busy working this weekend, but a little birdie told me you have a big day on Sunday. I do. The big 3-0. <laughs> I thought you'd say 2-1. Well, yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm ter- I don't mind turning 36 on Sunday. You don't I mind? saying your age do I do not no I, for some reason the, the kind of the turns the 20 30 yeah the 40, decades next, the big ones yeah and then you just I actually forgot I was turning I thought I was turning 35 and somebody <laughs> reminded me no so a month ago I found out of an extra year so Thanks. you kind of forget midway well happy birthday from all Thank of us you. here and enjoy mm-hmm. it now we've had a busy week of course news wise and what people are chatting about online can we talk about Boris, because some people feel he's the man of the moment. Of course, he's the big story of the week. It has to be that Boris Johnson being announced as Britain's new Prime Minister and he seems to be kind of a bit like Marmite, I think it's fair to say. He's either loved or loathed. So what do you think of Boris? John, can I start with you? Too much fuss about him? What do you make of him? I think... um well, he's there's there's kind of good and bad. I mean, he's larger than life. He's very... He is very charismatic, but there is a a side that's deeply unpleasant, I think. And, and I I know that... I don't know if you've heard of Heathcote Williams, who was a... He died a couple of years ago. He was a radical actor and a poet, playwright. And the London Review of Books is bringing out a sort of pamphlet-stroke book that he wrote three years ago, just before the referendum, about Boris. It's called... I've seen it called The Beast of Brexit, but I've also seen it called The Blonde Beast of Brexit. <laughs> And he says some savage things. About like what? It. Like, for instance, I mean, the charge sheet. And he goes through all of Boris's uh, television and radio appearances, his newspaper articles, uh, what's been written about him, and the two biographies. And the, the charge sheet contains, like, allegations of climate change denial, dishonesty, hypocrisy, incompetence, racism, violence, and then two quotes, remorseless self-promotion, we know that. And another quote, a ruthless and this is a nice and often cruel ambition, together with an elitism and a ferocious temper when challenged. Right. But Sounds ne- like a newsroom. But Neve, <laughs> is, <this not, laughs> is this not what it takes to be a modern day politician? There you go. I mean, I remember back in January, I saw Boris Johnson speak and I met him briefly afterwards. And I've never, ever, ever seen a politician speak like that and have 3,000 people 
eat out of the palm of their hand. And I did a piece afterwards. The headline was, uh, did I just meet uh, Britain's next prime minister and got slated for it. Oh, and I hope you kept those negative comments and emailing <laughs> all those people this uh, week. Yeah, I, <laughs> How you like me <laughs> now? Be surprised. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, and what, what I what knew as soon as I saw him, we have nobody like him over here. He's so colourful, so charismatic. Because he has a personality, is so that what you magnetic, mean? So magnetic, so able to draw people in. He had... He was just, the room was enthralled by him. And that is what I went down to Doonbeg as well for President Trump recently. And he was electric, like the whole golf club just, and even people who weren't on his side, they couldn't help but just be mesmerised by. There is just something to these people, no matter how long the charge sheet, no matter how much mud is thrown at them, it's they just get bigger and stronger and more powerful and um, and kind of, you know, uh, they they garner more support. And so I'm very much a believer, just sit and wait and see. I want to see for myself what, what becomes of, of his um, premiership. Jim, yeah. is he Britain's Trump? He is. And I'm delighted because I got a lot of flack from a lot of English friends of mine after Trump got elected. And I kept all those comments and I'm emailing now like, <laughs> how you like it now? Now you have a, a rea- basically a reality star, blonde buffoon coddled from the time he was born, utterly incompetent for the job that he's doing. But at the same time, seemed kind of inevitable, didn't it, about a month and a half ago? And then, and I running down the charge sheet there, John, one of the things you said was relentless self-promotion. The guy's a politician. That's what they're supposed to do. Oh, he's really good at it. And in this, in today's uh, uh, Twitter modern age, instant take, twenty-four hour news cycle, I don't think it's a huge surprise that the president of the United States is a reality TV star, and the prime minister of, of Britain is a guy who who just made a name for himself writing salacious yeah. columns and getting those retweets. Ne- Neil says we don't see anything like this over here. Do we need more of that? Jesus, no. Does it look like it's working in either place? Like I think that's good. I like my politicians boring. I want them to be a boring policy wonk who can talk about the intricacies of uh, I don't know insurance rates on cattle, the stuff that I quite frankly don't care about. I want you to be a nerd. <laughs> I don't want you to be a personality like if you can hold the attention of a room that speaks to a certain egotism and narcissism that maybe you don't want in your leaders i think what neve was saying if you i i saw somebody who totally agrees with that which is you know the the journalist and broadcaster jeremy vine he's written a terrific yeah. piece just google jeremy vine mm. boris and put in shark or sheep because he describes in detail it's an the extraordinary speech. piece Isn't and i really heard good? yeah and i heard that exact same speech he gets so he would just go from place to place giving the speech, but it works. Mm-hmm. He didn't know? even know where it was like the Institute of Bankers, and he arrived late. Who he was and speaking he to? Literally didn't or purported not to know who he was speaking but do to. We, do we need more then? Of, uh, Jim is saying no, we don't Ugh. need more of these type of big personalities in Irish politics. Do you think we need more? Need? Well, quite frankly, after I've interviewed the new Lord Mayor for this Sunday um, in The Independent and um, <laughs> after what he's told me, what he's hearing at the doorstep, the division that he's never seen before, I'd be terrified to have somebody like that over here to be able to play on that, but you, you know. were impressed by Boris. You were impressed yeah. by Trump. So yeah. why not be impressed by an Irish politician? I can be impressed from a distance. No, really? I am genuinely. But they get a lot done. I mean, can you imagine if we had President Trump on our side done. when we were negotiating with you know um, with Europe, you know, um, during the two thousand and eight crash? Can you imagine if we had Trump on our side if we were negotiating with Brexit? I think you know the economy is booming over there, 
and we've yet to see what Boris does so I'm absolutely open-minded right. about these people Wait and see Neve says she's open-minded I wonder if you're open-minded about the next topic which is about nudism because obviously it's <laughs> been a scorcher of a week here it's been a scorcher of a week and even too much so in other parts of Europe but Irish naturists have been letting it all hang out as they lap up the heat wave the president of the Irish Naturist Association Pat Gallagher this week spoke out about how they've been blessed with their bare share of new members in recent months and they insisted they want to welcome more new recruits. So what do you think about this? Would you, Jim, take a dip in the nip? I would go down to the beach. We're talking about getting into the Irish Sea. Uh, I mean, I kind of need a wetsuit to do that at the best of times. It's freezing out there. But I've been to, I went to nude beaches in Greece. And, I, like I've, and did it, you partake in yeah, that of activity? It's, it's, it's remarkably freeing, um, except for the fact that you stand up and you go, where do I put my keys? Like that, <laughs> that's, that's one thing. But uh, it actually is like and once, once everybody's doing it, it becomes such a, like the fact that it's not a thing is remarkable. Right, and, John, and that's fun. John, what do you think? Have you ever been on a nude speech? I have, but not in Ireland <laughs> for the same reasons See, as this Jim. Is, this is the interesting yeah. point. I don't think we do it in Ireland, but I think the Irish would do this abroad. Absolutely they would. I think they would. Yeah. I think they're more interested Ooh, in it. What I think do you they, think? I think they do. I mean, all around the Mediterranean, not just Greece, but mm-hmm. France, you know. Italy. And for those who haven't done it, what's the experience like? Liberating, I suppose. Neil, what do you think? Mm, I, oh, I'm nudie sunbathed, but you know. In Ireland? Uh, no, abroad. Okay. <laughs> mm. uh, but funny, you don't have to go to the beach where I live. Um, I live in an apartment block, which is quite, you know, open. You can see my neighbours across the street. We can, you know, all of the windows, they can see all of our windows. And regularly you'd be in your sitting room, your kitchen, and you'd look across and somebody would be running from the bathroom into the bedroom and completely <laughs> in the nip. So. <laughs> so have we changed then? Because years ago, if we were to suggest, that you know you go nude on an Irish beach people will be horrified have we changed slightly in our are we more liberated now I yeah I think because there is more of a mixture in our um, in our race now you know we're probably getting a little bit better looking we can more afford to go to the beach when we have where before Shocking. the whitey reddy skin no, nobody wanted to see that but I was actually only thinking this as I was walking through um, by the water the other day near where I live and, and just seeing all the bronzed torsos around all of these guys walking shirtless and I was like give it a couple of years and it's going to be a really good looking race not that it isn't already but we'd have the humour and the other I think mm. everyone looks we rock around Dublin everyone looks brilliant I think uh, but this idea of the Irish going nude on a beach do you think it is something that's going to gradually creep in more and more given if we're all comfortable doing it abroad could I'm, it come in here oh, I, th- I think well, what cold? you might be asking is, is something I'm not com- uh, competent to qu- uh, comment on because you're asking have have attitudes changed in like the last 50 years and I have no idea what it was like to grow up in, in Dublin in the 70s so maybe it was well, absolutely totally was it unthinkable changed. in the 70s no, they John, totally changed. wasn't yeah, the 40 foot single sex only for a while like wasn't that just like men only, men only yeah. yeah but you're right though I mean attitudes have changed massively like in my previous job the one you mentioned earlier uh, we did some market research attitudinal research and it was really interesting to see that when parents were asked like what are the causes of concern, like uh, the, the things that were top, like traditionally, if you did it 50 years ago, it would be sex, sex, sex. Mm. It would be like one, two and three. And sex and nudity were equated as the same. Yeah. But when we did this, and this is probably about 12 years ago, um, it was quite obvious. It was way down the list. So, you know, so they don't mind seeing a bit of nudity now. They, and they distinguish between nudity and sex. 
and sexual violence in particular is nothing to do with good. nudity. A little, little bit less right. shame, man. That's good. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, we leave it there for the moment. My final furlong panellists are staying with me. But first, let's check in on the latest news headlines. And thank you, you're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder with me, Shane Beatty, in for Ivan Yates. We're in the final furlong and joining me for this edition is Jim Elliott, the comedian, Nia Foran, journalist with The Independent, and John Kelleher, producer and former director of film classification and The Hard Shoulder's very own movie reviewer. We're going to talk now, though, about bad habits because people, for some reason, are anonymously revealing their gross habits, sordid desires and despicable offences online, proving that everyone has at least one thing that nobody knows about them. A Reddit thread asking users what's your dirty little secret has prompted a number of people to open up about the things they would prefer to keep hidden from the scandalous to the downright disgusting. One of these really is rank. I don't know why anyone would post this. They wrote on the list, I once pooped my pants at an all-you-can-eat buffet and I didn't leave until I finished my second plate of shrimps. I mean, ugh, just disgusting. What do you make of these bad habits? It and says all-you-can-eat. If, if they didn't want that to happen, it wouldn't be all-you-can-eat. But why, why would people first of all start sharing their dirty little secrets? A, because it's Reddit and it's anonymous. Okay, so that's, that's, the, that's the freedom. Nobody's doing this on Facebook. You'll notice that because that's got your face and your real name on it. They're doing it on Reddit. Here's a dirty little secret. Uh, people are posting anonymous content on a message board and all of a sudden journalists are snapping this up and that makes <laughs> copy for the evening edition. That's a dirty little secret. That's not journalism. Anyway, I do have a, a dirty little secret that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm willing to share. Oh, are we all going to share? I, I'm, okay. I, I, you guys might not. You don't have to. I'm only going to do this because Ivan isn't here, and this is about Ivan. We do this show. We come in here for a couple hours, but there's no cameras in this room. Other yep. shows they do here in News Talk, they got cameras, and you can see them. This one, nobody does. I'm a comedian. There's nobody in here. There's no audience in here to, to laugh, so I'm just trying to get a reaction out of Ivan. Now, Ivan is unflappable. Like, I will say ridiculous crap on here and, and never get anything out of him, except for one topic. And so every time I'm in here, I drop this one. I just do some kind of a, a, an a offside joke or, or just... After I finish saying something, I go, well, that's embarrassing. I wish I hadn't have said that, but that's not going to matter because nobody listens to this show. <laughs> he always he sits up straight. He looks around. It's the only thing I can say that gets a reaction out of him, and I don't know why because the show's numbers are doing great. Like, the show is yeah. killing it. <laughs> but if you want to get, get Ivan's attention at a dinner table, just like lean over and go, you know, I hear the hard shoulders. Numbers are going down. So that's my, my <laughs> that's dirty little secret. Dirty secret. John, any little secret you want to share with us uh, or what none, do you make of this? None that I want to share. Uh, none at all that I want to share. Um, but it is a strange, I mean, this is, I suppose, to do with all of these threads and online. The people have no, obviously, as Jim said, they're not being mentioned, but they've no problem revealing their deepest, darkest secrets online. The one I loved, actually, was mm. the um, person, I think it might have been a woman who, who lived in an apartment with a chap and he uh, used to pee on the on the, um, the toilet seat. seat. Yeah. She cleaned it and wiped it with his face towel. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious that's just incredible I mean it's I, I'm looking at another one here there's been several times in my life when I ran out of toilet paper sorry it's all about toilet humour <laughs> now but I ran out of toilet paper and used the cardboard tube to wipe the cardboard tube <laughs> oh gotta no make, what and they say you gotta just make do sometimes of course people will be listening and saying they use newspaper logistically I don't even get how that <laughs> works <laughs> but people use newspaper years ago as well but Neve, why are people doing this I, do, I don't know sometimes I wonder do I believe half them because it's that's an, true you know, it's anonymous and they just might be trying to, you know, um, get a bit of a kick, yeah, you know. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they just have it in for so long and they want to reveal it to somebody. They want to offload it. There's, well, it's, for, it's cathartic, mm -hmm. maybe? I mean, we're kind of saying, oh, it's a dirty little secret and it's a bit of fun. There's one I saw on this Reddit post where a, a guy 
suggested that you keep secret to his future partner that he had a vasectomy at 22. Ooh. And he says he highly recommends this idea. So the you vasectomy go, or the keeping it secret? Well, both, I think. Wow. Because uh, they say, I do recommend it, but it, it obviously means he can still keep on dating, but the woman will have no idea. That's what you're that looking for terrible. in a partner. That's the that kind of trust is... issues you want. I prefer the guy that pees in the toilet seat to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, uh, that gets a little bit more serious than a bad habit mm. or things like that. But it is interesting. Do you think we all have dirty little secrets that we don't want anyone else to know? Well, I, th- I also I think everybody has stuff inside them that maybe they don't want people that they know to know. But I think they have. There is something cathartic in sharing stuff. I mean, shoot, what do you think confession is built on? It's built on that impulse. But do you guys remember there's a show in the oh shoot, this is probably okay. There's a show in the '80s and '90s in the in the states on HBO called Taxi Cab Confessions. Which is what I thought of when I read this story. I was like, if you want to hear some secrets, go ask a whole bunch of cab drivers. Because you don't know that cab driver. You probably don't know anybody he knows. People will just unload. They'll get in the cab and go, you know what I'm after doing? Oh, my God. We were at the company party and I had a few drinks. I, I, I can never tell my wife. I can never tell anybody. Blah, blah, blah. There was a show on HBO where the, the cab driver would just be like, so, interesting night. And people would just, just go, oh, God, you wouldn't believe. And they'd tell these stories. And then they were being recorded. And then they get them to sign off on it afterwards. But it's that, it's that cathartic uh, sharing. Mm. Do you know what's quite interesting that came out this week in a study that a lot of women listening will have a dirty little secret that they might be able to relate to is that women no longer want to share their money with their other half whether they're married or going out for a long time Joy what's mine is mine and do you mean you... share share how much they earn or actually the physical money actually the physical both and the physical money as well and so for years men have looked after women and um, put, put part of with their salary at the end of the week <laughs> each week or each month and now that we're starting to earn more and getting better degrees or whatever oh, we want to keep it to ourselves but they'll often have and um, there's a huge number that have uh, bank accounts they don't tell their partner about or how much is in their bank account and so the idea is what's his is mine and what's mine is mine exactly yeah <laughs> is it a good idea though maybe it should you know when you think about relationships like that should you keep a little bit of money secret a running away fund if you yeah. are with somebody that you have a running away fund with then there's something wrong right yeah, but yeah. yeah you should definitely keep your financial independence but why not just be honest about it John what do you make of that I, I is, think is it a dirty little secret to hide money from your I partner I think it is I think it is and um, you know unless it's to pay for a vasectomy and you know, <laughs> That's, that, we've had that already. But if you're hiding it from them, it's because you feel something about them that you don't like. Yeah. And maybe you need to address that. So. so how, okay, but then should you, are we all saying then that you should absolutely reveal your salary fairly recently into relationship? And, and oh, we're talking about start, committed partners Yeah. Here. Okay, like, but how, how long into it? Because if Neve is saying they're still hiding money even after they're married... Yeah. Well, it's funny because actually money quite often is a dirty little secret for people that That's we true. don't like talking about it in Ireland, you know, about salaries or how Nobody much earn. But it is a part of a relationship, especially if, you know, you talk about, you know, you know, dividing things up in that, especially if you're married. And so it's good to know um, what each person has. But that doesn't mean that you don't keep your financial independence. But if you're hiding it, you have to ask yourself why, right? And also a lot of people hiding how much they spend as well and hiding credit cards. Oh, my, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Sneaking the bags in, keeping them in the boots of the car. No, I've had, I've had this for years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Guys, you're going to stay with us. Just going to go for a quick break. We'll be back with you shortly. More with the final furlong after this. Andrew, welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. It's the final furlong here with me, Shane Beatty, in for Ivan Yates and my panel still with me, Jim Elliott, the comedian, Neve Horan, journalist with The Independent and John Kelleher, producer and former director of Film Classification. Now, we're going to talk about Love Island because everyone just talks about it constantly in Ireland now. Love Island, for many, has been a summer obsession. Viewers following a fresh batch of Islanders on their quest to find love 
but it's about to come to an end on Monday night after they'll crown another happy couple as the winning partnership. So we want to find out have my panellists been watching Love Island and what other shows do they recall that have reached cult status? John, can I start with you giving your sort of uh, visual hat on here? Are you watching Love Island first of all? <laughs> you probably started with the wrong person. <laughs> I've watched... I think a total of maybe 65 seconds. Okay, well, you are a good reviewer. In those 65 (laughs) seconds, what did you make? (laughs) I made the decision not to look at any (laughs) more. I just just couldn't stand it. I really couldn't. I totally accept that it's a phenomenon, and it is. It's a media phenomenon and a water cooler moment, and everybody's talking about it, and that's amazing, but not me. Okay, Niamh? I love it. Do you? Do you watch it every night? Addicted. What's so good? Now, I'll be honest, I've never seen Love Island. Um... What is so good about it? It's is it just looking at people who are semi-naked, essentially? Standard? No. It's armchair anthropology. It's human behaviour. It's power, sex, status, you know, and and relationships. It's all the things right. that interest us. Let, with, and with, with, abs. And lots, lots of abs. and lots of abs. With my cynical hat on, do you believe in love on Love Island? Definitely not. You can't. You can't fall in love with somebody that soon and with so many cameras on and with it everything so fake. No way. And mm. plus, what I think actually none of them know what love is. I think actually they all need to go away to an island on their own and learn about self-love <laughs> and then come back and try again. Okay, different interpretations of self-love as well, I'm sure. Jim, what do you make of Love Island? Do you watch it? I do not watch Love Island. Uh while accepting that it is a phenomenon, I think there should be consequences to that. I think anybody that watches Love Island uh, should not be allowed to vote. That's what I think. I <laughs> think you know it's what? insipid in the extreme. I think it's. I think. I think if you don't realize how scripted and edited this is, you're not watching actual but, human what behavior. I, what I find strange is that I think the Irish are more into Love Island than people in the UK. You're, the Irish are into Love Island because Mora is winning, and because an Irish person is winning. Nobody liked golf before two weeks ago either. Okay, <laughs> so like, don't give me that. Um, I don't know. I, it's 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 it's. I get why it's popular. Yeah, John, I get it. I'm and I was being facetious there with the with the voting thing, but I think it's stupid. Yeah. Okay, John. Um, the Love Island is huge. It kind of reminds me of when Big Brother was on, or even a show like Love Hate. You talk about the water cooler moment there, what everyone's talking about. Is it just replacing Big Brother that we need something to talk about in the summer? I think we love having something to to talk about or to argue about. And uh, I mean, clearly, like like Jim and Neve take polarized mm. uh, you know which is great it it's not namby pamby you know in between stuff it it does make people um mad or they love it but it's uh, such a simple idea i mean when you think about the amount of effort time thought creativity that goes into big dramas and big movies should they just pack up and do shows like this uh, i'd hate to see them not, not be doing good dramas good documentaries and so forth but it is again as jim said it is it is Highly programmed. It is so carefully, like you have algorithms, basically. I think deciding, you know, what what's going to be put in front of somebody now, and that's. And Neve, as a viewer, are you aware of that? Because I heard someone on the Pat Kenny show earlier, a reviewer about Love Island, talking about the storyline. I don't think she meant to say storyline because then Jonathan Ely picked up on it. But there is, there has to be a storyline. It's all scripted, isn't it? What? <laughs> you mean what? we're all being manipulated? Genuinely, I don't think it is. It is. No. Oh, come on. I'm not going to go so far as to say they're actors. They're not actors, but they are. It's, it's, yes, that's, that's a much but better But clearly, Neve, the producers are coming in and saying, will you have that conversation on air? And will you walk over to your one, Mary, Mora? Mm. Sorry, walk over to Mora and say that and then go to Greg and say that? Surely. 
Can you see the look on my face you now? You do look shocked. Okay, here's a big moment uh, that 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 bubbled up. That so I actually got to watch that clip where Mora heard your guy saying something that she wasn't meant to hear him say. You sure she's all mouth? What an amazing coincidence that she happened to walk through the door right when he was announcing it. He was eight feet away from his friends saying a really violent thing about her, and he just broadcast it. You, did you buy the look on his face? We turn around. Oh no, she's there. Neve, Come on, Neve looks genuinely shocked. I have to you're say, all... and that's the best. That's better acting than I've seen on any of that show. <laughs> you serious? Genuine. You're all just ruining the one thing that saved my summer. Are you oh, happy now? No. I'm... I think we've hit a nerve here, to be honest. And um, is it like Big Brother, though? Like, is this just what we do now? These are the type of reality shows. Will there be something else next year? It's cheaper what? to make than scripted dramas. And because of the serialized nature of it, it gives us all something to watch every night that you can't binge it. Nobody's ahead of anybody else. So there's that's the public. I think that's the biggest thing. And that's I think that's why like live sports are so popular. Nobody knows who's going to win the match tomorrow. So you kind of have to watch it. Yeah. And everybody learns at the same time. That's That's compelling. And it's all over, thank God, on Monday night. It is. It's it not is. over. We're never going to be rid of these people. <laughs> what are you going to do after this? Try and get an interview with Maura. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, we'll move on to our final topic of the week, which is to do with um, diet chocolate, because Cadbury has launched a dairy milk chocolate bar with 30% less sugar than the original. It's the first change to the original recipe since it was introduced back in 19. 19- and this is all part of the UK government's plan to reduce the sugar content of snacks and sweet treats and we're doing something similar here of course so would a promise of a diet treat make you more inclined to buy it do we need a diet chocolate bar John what do you make of that I uh, wouldn't buy I love chocolate I just adore it but only dark chocolate so I wouldn't buy like a dairy milk bar under any circumstances and I'm really conscious of sugar and trying not you know trying to cut down as much as possible on on, on sugar, but the idea of this selling diet chocolate—if you're conscious of what you eat—would that be something that would entice you? Then it probably would entice me. You know, if, if it's if it's got less sugar, thirty percent less sugar, yeah, probably would. But actually, six months ago, no, maybe less. March, I I took a decision not to eat any more chocolate. So I'm I'm actually in with. Oh man, how are you holding yeah. up? I don't know. Very difficult. Okay? Not, not very even, difficult. not even I, dark I, chocolate. Not even dark. Not I mean, like... I have the fanny flutters, you know, to point a phrase. <laughs> is that why you started smoking? Is that what that is? <laughs> That's a good idea. And you're coping okay so far? Are you? Oh, do you miss it's it? It's tough. It's very, very tough. I do. I miss it terribly. I used to eat a brownie a day with oh, coffee. Lovely. Oh, okay. Yeah. And why cut that out? Do you mind me asking? Uh, sugar. Sugar. Yeah. Okay. That's the only reason. What if they came out with a sugar-free chocolate? I'd go for it. Do they not have a sugar-free chocolate? Uh, we can well, put a man we, on the moon. Well, we, we can't have, make a sugar-free we chocolate. We have diet chocolate now. Well, we've got sugar-free soda. You're, you're, we've you're, got sugar-free all kinds of crap. You obviously would know about the states and uh, very similar to us, this addiction to sugar. What do you <laughs> make of this diet chocolate idea? I mean, it's a good. Uh, anything that, could, that can do something about the horrific crap we're putting in our bodies every day, I'm, I'm in favor of it. Neve, you're shaking your head. Yeah, you're are, not are you happy, agreeing? Neve, no? You, you or do you think it's a personal responsibility thing? Well, I want to see what they're putting in that bar that's true. instead of the sugar. Because they say Cause that uh, the Diet Coke, what, what is that that's in there? Anything that says diet, anything that says low fat, anything that says skim or less sugar, ask yourself what, what they're putting it? in instead. Yeah, what chemical? Do you, and do you even understand it? Okay, but I, the idea of it, the genesis of it is to be allow, allow people to have a little treat and maybe not feel as bad. But most people can't. I, this On Sunday, I'll be having my second birthday without any birthday cake because I give up all junk food maybe a I year I remember you telling us about that when you launched ago. it. And, and you're feeling great now, though. You like, loved it. Yeah, honestly, it's like the best thing I have ever, ever done. And Sorry, so, what are you doing on Sunday with the cake? 
just not having I just don't have no birthday cake. cake anymore no no for Christmas no for Halloween no nothing and I just I was a slave for that before um, so that's why I asked John because he seemed very I could take it or leave it um, so but I just yeah and I, I, once you cut it out it is genuinely um, what, a drug it is like sugar what, is what so what have you addictive. cut out just to give people compared to what you were like and now all chocolate all um, junk food all um, crisps all did sweets. you ever put sugar in your tea were you one of those no 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 no, no, no. Yeah. and just uh, but food and have well. you got, have you had anything I've no, been, no, nothing. no, 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 no. But like no, beer, every beer's day. got sugar in it. No, yeah. I don't no. drink beer. All right. So every day, I don't drink anything I can't see through. Every day, <laughs> every day, you do just make a conscious decision. It's not, yeah, yeah, and it, sure, I don't know what I'll be like tomorrow. Do you know? But I've like yeah, so I don't anymore. And so yeah, but I, I, like if for anybody who's like a slave to sugar, just like maybe just look at that. Do you mm. know? And if you feel like you're pig, actually part of uh, somebody I've interviewed this weekend talks about it and talks mm. about how powerful it is a drug as well so I'm I feeling, mean these diet bars are no I'm feeling really guilty you're also healthy no no no, okay. no, no, no. I mean <laughs> you not. could you're probably one of these people that you know could have two squares of chocolate and leave the rest we call those complete bitches no. where I come from <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I, I was that. never no. one of those no I don't and I never get people who break up an easter egg and put it in the fridge for three weeks after don't God, get them no. <laughs> guys thank you so much great to have you and enjoy the rest of your Friday evening enjoy the Vodafone Comedy Festival happy mm-hmm. birthday Neve. enjoy John what you're up to this weekend great to have you all that's Jim Elliott the comedian Neve Horan journalist with The Independent and John Kelleher producer and former director of film classification and the movie reviewer here on The Hard Shoulder thank you all for joining us and that's it my thanks to the panel for coming in to see me and that's your lot from The Hard Shoulder for this week my thanks to the production team Mark Simpson Ashling Moore Alex Russo Roisin Davis and John O'Donovan Off the Ball is up next and Bobby Kerr will be presenting The Hard Shoulder for Ivan on Monday have a great weekend 